Welcome to my Pirkei Ovis class and we're going to be talking today about Rabbi Tarfain. Rabbi Tarfain, and this is Mishnah Tesvav, number 15 in Perik Base of the uh, second chapter in Pirkei Ovis. Rabbi Tarfain, actually the name Tarfain is not a name that you find in Tanakh. It's not a, a, a name which you find in Torah. It's a, it's a Greek word, Trifon. There was a very famous grammarian who lived in Alexandria. His name was Trifon. You know what the word Trifon means in Greek? It means soft. It means kind. It means pleasant. And Rabbi Tarifon absolutely fitted his name. I can't tell you if it was his real name or if it was his nickname, but he was a true Trifon. He was the kindest, nicest person you can possibly imagine. He came from a family of Kohanim, of priests, and in fact, in any situation where the halacha needs to be decided and it involves something to do with kohanim, he always decides in favor of the kohanim because he feels that the kohanim have to play a central role in the ritual observance of Judaism. And he felt the need to speak up on behalf of the priestly class. Of course, uh, by the time he was active, which is in the late um, Second Temple period, um, during the time of the destruction, and after the destruction, he was a contemporary of Rabban Gamliel, Rabbi Yezab ben Hurkanus, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Akiva. Of course, you know, he's mentioned in the Haggadah. He is one of those five who was Musubim b'bnei Barak, and they spent the whole night talking about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Rabbi Tarfain. He lived in Lud, probably, or maybe he lived in Yavne. We're not quite sure where he lived, but uh, in every situation, despite the fact that he lived in this rabbinic period, uh, and that he lived in a period where the priestly class was no longer uh, in the primary position of Jewish life. Nevertheless, he felt the need to speak up on their behalf and to articulate a view which took uh, the priestly class obligation into consideration. You know, there's a famous story that there was great poverty in, in Eretz Israel, and there was an obligation that people had to give truma. But you know, the truma can only be eaten by the Kohanim. In those days, there was no restriction of marrying more than one wife. So Rabbi Tarifan realized there's so many people who are starving. So he married, listen to this, 300 wives so that they could all eat Turuma. Because once they are the wives of Kohanim, even if they come from a non-Kohen family, they can eat Turuma. I can't tell you that, uh, what happened once the famine was over, whether he divorced them all. That uh, isn't recorded, but he married 300 wives because he wanted to make sure that there was no starvation, despite the fact um, that there was a famine at the time, because Kohanim had food because they needed to um, eat the Turuma, but they couldn't eat all the Turuma. He married 300 wives. He was a, a fantastic person, somebody whose opinion is, is quoted across the Talmud, and we see mentioned in the Medrash as well. He was, uh, he always, for example, he began his drushes, he always began with a halachic question. Usually, people gave a halachic speech, a speech about halacha, Jewish law, they would begin with drush, with some um, interesting anecdote or portion of, uh, of drush, but he didn't, he did the opposite. He would give a drusha and he would always start it with a halachic, um, something a question that he felt the audience should consider before he would launch into his homiletic speech. Rabbi Tarifoin here is going to speak about the importance of focusing on the study of Torah. 
That's his contribution to Prikei Avot. Listen carefully. The two Mishnahs, Mishnah Tezvav and Mishnah Tezayin in Perik Base of Prikei Avot. He begins by saying, Rabbi Tarfa Noimeh, Hayoim Kotzer v'hamalocha Maruba. The day is short and that which needs to be done is very time consuming. It will take a long time. It's uh, all consuming. He's not talking, of course, about each individual day being short because, yes, of course, days are short in the winter, but in the summer, they're long. He's talking about your life. Your life is of a limited span. You're born and it's a countdown to when you are going to die. That's the fact. And we don't know when that's going to happen, but we know that it's not uh, it's not going to be much longer than your contemporaries. It may even be shorter. So he says, Hayoim Kotzer, your time is short. You need to remember every day when you wake up in the morning, my time is short. What am I going to accomplish today? And you mustn't forget, that which you have to do is very time consuming. It could take a long time. If you're going to say to yourself, not true. I mean, I mean, the work that I do, I'm not sure what your job is or what your function is in life. I could finish my job at, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock, 12 noon, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and then I've got the rest of the day free. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the study of Torah. Your spiritual growth, that which you need to do in order to fulfill your function, to discharge your duty before God, there's a lot for you to do. There's always something more for you to learn. There's always something more for you to know. There's always something for you to do in order to prepare yourself even more for your relationship with God. So you bring you closer to God. But the Zman is Kotzer. You have a limited time. As I said, it's a stopwatch. It's a, it's a clock. And the seconds are ticking. So Rabbi Tarifin says, don't waste your life away. Don't allow your life to slip your, through your fingers. And just do the things that you need to do. And spend the rest of the time in leisure activities. Okay, occasionally I go to a shir. I listen to a shir. And I learned a bit of Torah. I heard the drosha from the rabbi on Shabbos. And I once went to yeshiva or to seminary. And I know enough that all that I need... No, no. Torah is a daily obligation. It's a duty on every single person who's involved in their spiritual growth to make sure that they dedicate time in the limited time that you have. Because melocha maruba, because there is much to do. Vapayalim atzeilim. And he says this in the nicest possible way, because, of course, he was trifon, right? He was, he was a kind-hearted, soft person, delicate. That's what the word means. He was a delicate person. He didn't want to say things in a rough way. So he's not speaking directly, he's speaking indirectly, but he's making a very important point. Human nature is lazy. We do what we have to do, and then we kind of... I mean, by the way, human nature is animal nature. The fact is that an animal will only do that which it needs to do in order to eat and in order to function in life. And if you see the lions lazing about on the prairie and not chasing after antelope, it's because they ate a nice meal and they don't need to do anything more. Their day is done so they can lie on the prairie and bask in the sun. But you're a human being doesn't matter what you do there's always something more to do there's charity work that you can be involved in there's activities that you can do that can enhance the lives of others and indeed your own life there's always something to know another project another book that you haven't read another safer another element of your jewish um, of the whole uh, array of jewish knowledge 
that could be yours that you haven't yet started. So your moment is whenever you have so-called a spare moment. And your nature is, I can't now, I'm tired, I've got something else to do, I've done enough, I don't need to do more. And that's what he's saying. The workers are lazy. In other words, those who have to do what we know we need to do are not naturally inclined to do it. It's not something they're going to be chasing after unless they make a conscious effort. You have to be so disciplined in your life to know that that's what you have to do even when you don't have to do it. There's so many things that you don't have to do because the things that you need to do in order to earn a living are the things that you need to do. The things that you need to do in order to cook a meal or to clean it away or to make your bed or to clean your laundry, those are things that you need to do. And if you don't do them, then they won't get done. But there's many things that you don't need to do. And if you didn't do them, no one would know. And no, no one would be any the wiser. And it wouldn't make a huge difference in, in a practical sense, in a material sense to your life. If you never studied a page of Talmud, no one would ever know, and it wouldn't make a big difference. If you don't mix in a group of people who study Talmud, uh, they're never going to ask you, what does the Talmud say about this? And if you don't know every aspect of this week's Parsha, nobody's going to hold you to account. Therefore, the natural inclination of a human being, and, uh, and in that way they are inclined towards their animal side as opposed to towards their spiritual, their neshama side, is v'hapoyalim atselim. We're not going to do things that we don't necessarily need to do in order to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish in life. But if you want to be a better person, self-improvement, you will be disciplined to know that when I have a spare minute, I'm going to learn a Mishnah. When I have a spare half hour, I'm going to listen to a Shir. When I have a spare couple of hours, I'm going to read a book that's going to better inform me about who I am and where I need to be as a person. I am going to be the best that I can be with my intellectual abilities. I'm going to make sure that I strive for the highest ideal, for the highest level of what I could be. That is what Rabbi Tarfain is saying. And the benefits are huge. Don't ever imagine that the benefits are limited. So they may be limited in a material sense. It's not going to enable you to put more money into your bank account necessarily. It's not going to uh, um, enable you to be uh, more successful in life. Not necessarily. It could be, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about as a person, you will be enriched. As a spiritual being, you will be a better person. And of course, the schar with God, which is Laosid Lovai, which we're going to talk about in the next Mishnah, is immeasurable. It's something that can't even be described or defined. And you should know that the Balabais has two interpretations of this. Either the Balabais being Hashem, pushing you to do it. He is urging you, making sure that you do it and do that which you need to do in order to be the better person that you can be. That's one interpretation of this phrase in the Mishnah. Another interpretation is Ubalabais Doichek, the Balabais being you, or maybe the Yetzahara, which is referred to in rabbinic literature as the as the Balabais because he has ultimate or it has ultimate control of the human condition, the Yetzahara, the inclination that draws you away from spiritual yearning, Doichek pushes you away. It uh, somehow removes from you the desire to be a better spiritual being. So therefore, Rabbi Tarfin is saying, strive to be a better person. Recognize that it's not something that you are naturally inclined to do or necessarily that you can do easily, but the benefits are huge. 
And that's what God wants from you, even if there's a side of you that doesn't want to be that at all. And the Mishnah, the next Mishnah continues. Rabbi Tarfain, I guess, um, sensing that some of us may feel uh, downhearted, uh, may feel put off by this huge expectation that is put on us to do something which is it's beyond the realms of, of an easy life. He, he knows that uh, we're going to be um, somewhat upset that we cannot achieve these great heights. So Rabbi Tarifon wants to pacify us, and he does so with this next mission. This is what Rabbi Tarifon said. Not every single person has the capability of finishing Shas. And you may start the Dafyomi Shir with Brochus and Shabbos, and you get to Erevin, you get to Psochim, and you get, you, it's difficult to devote that time. I can't finish Shas. I finished the Masechta, okay, so I've done enough. And you may think to yourself, I don't need to learn any more Gemara because I can't finish the whole Dafyomi cycle. What nonsense. You don't have to do it according to that uh, measure. You can learn Gemara, dip in and out of it. You can go to the Shir when you can go to the Shir. And when you can't go to the Shir, you don't go to the Shir. And you don't have to finish the whole of Shas. Finish one Masechda, finish one Perek, do it properly. Or at another level, you may think to yourself, whatever I'm going to know, there's always going to be people who know it better than me who are better and greater scholars than I could ever be. I'm never going to be able to go through a piece from Reb Chaim Soloveitchik on the Rambam and be able to understand it in it, all its depth and breadth. I'm just never going to be that person. I'm not going to be able to learn through the Ketzeis HaChoshen on the Gemara. I'm not going to be able on, uh, 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 to understand the depth of his uh, various Chakiras where he uh, projects different ideas and uh, different concepts for us to consider in trying to decide the halacha, the Ketzosa Choshem, which is on Choshem Mishpat. It's an incredible safer, but not everybody is suited to that level of depth in their study. And you may think to yourself, then why bother starting? If I'm never going to be able to learn a Ketzos, if I'm never ever going to be able to learn a Reb Chaim, if I'm never going to be able to finish Shas, if I'm never going to know everything that I could know about this particular subject, what's the point of starting? You know, if I ever need to know something, I can Google it, and therefore I don't need to read the book, I don't need to go there, I don't need to attend the Shiurim or listen to the Shiurim, I don't need to try and learn it myself, it's not possible for me to finish it, therefore I won't even bother starting, says Rabbi Tarfain. Never have that attitude. It's the wrong attitude to have. Your aspiration is, or should be, I want to do as much as I can. I want to get as much knowledge and acquire as much knowledge and depth as I can that's possible for me in the circumstances of my life, whatever it is that I'm going through. It may not be possible for you to finish it, but that's absolutely fine. That's totally fine. Do whatever you can. Become the level of scholar and have the level of knowledge that you can that makes you who you are, the best that you can be. And on that basis, you have no right to say, I'm not going to do any of it because I can't do all of it. You have no right to say that. God put you on this earth so that you can be the best person that you can be, the, at the best level that you can achieve. That's your duty. Your duty is not to be Reb Chaim Soloveitchik or the author of the Ketos HaChoshen or somebody necessarily who's finished Shas because they've been through uh, you know, four cycles of Dafyomi. It may not be you. 
you may be somebody else. And that expectation is on you. You can't just say, I'm free of it all. I'm not going to bother doing any of it because I can't do all of it. That's not your right to say. If you've learned a lot of Torah, however much a lot of Torah is for you, a lot of Torah for you may be in the circumstances you find yourself in an hour a day. It may be five hours a day. It may be all day. It makes no difference. Whatever Torah Harbe is for you, you get a lot of reward. In other words, the benefit will be exponentially greater because of the effort that you put in to do as much as you can. You will receive the benefit of that knowledge. And, you know, you could read an article which is a thousand words, or you could read like an Atlantic magazine article which is 10,000 words. They're both on the same subject. Well, the thousand word article will give you some knowledge, and the Atlantic magazine article will give you much more knowledge. But of course, if you've read the Atlantic magazine article, you're going to know much more. It's Socha Harbe. So you will get that benefit. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get the benefit if all you can do is read an article for 10 minutes. In other words, I'm using that just as an analogy. If you can learn one Mishnah a day, that for you is Torah Harbe. Because that's all you can learn. And you've managed to fit it in. There's plenty of people in the world. In fact, the vast majority of people in this world who don't learn a Mishnah a day. And the vast majority of people in this, in this world don't dedicate any time to Torah. As long as you know you're, you're doing the best you can, even if you're not going to be able to finish all the Mishnais and all the Gemaras and all the Mepharshim, but you're doing the most that you can, then you're going to get Socha Harbe. Then you're going to get the full benefit because you're still going to know much more than a person who didn't learn any Mishnais or any Gemara or inform themselves at all or devote themselves to spiritual growth you're a person who's done more and as much as you can. You had no right. That's what Rabbi Tarfain says. And you knew that. You did whatever you could. Therefore, you're going to benefit from Socha Harbe, from great merit and great reward. And you should know something. Don't ever imagine. That some people say, you know, I learned something and it doesn't stay in my head. I don't remember it a week later. Who knows? Maybe if you learn it again, or if you learn it in half a year, that's happened to me, by the way. You know, I think I've forgotten something. And then a year later, I look at uh, a piece of material. I learn a Dvar Torah. I say, oh, you know, I've learned that before. I'm just reminding myself of it. Because it's there. It's somewhere there in my brain, deep embedded in my brain. I have this information. And I may not be able to find it immediately if I'm looking for it in the filing cabinet. But it's there. Right? Because you know why? It says, That which you put in, Hashem will make sure that you retain it at some level and you will benefit from it. At some level, it's improved you as a person. At some level, the fact that you've devoted yourself to spiritual growth has made you a better person. As long as you're doing it for the right motivations and you're doing the best you can, God will do the rest. God will carry you the rest of the way. The righteous don't get the benefits of what they do in terms of spiritual growth in this world. You may see somebody who never studies, who's got no connection with Torah, who's not the best Jew, and they're doing really well. They have great life. They have everything that they need. And you, you're struggling. Uh, but you study Torah and you think to yourself, well, one second, Rabbi Tarfain said, I'm going to get schar for the fact that I've studied Torah, says Rabbi Tarfain. Don't be mistaken. We're not talking about the type of schar 
that you can measure by material measurements. That's not what we're talking about at all. The da'a you should know. Matan schoran shel tzadikim le'osid lovai. The ultimate reward, the ultimate benefit that your neshama receives by devoting yourself to spiritual growth, by a greater connection to God, the ultimate reward is in the ultimate place, which is in heaven. Achamea be'esrim. After 120, when you're standing there before the Kisei HaKovod, before God's almighty throne, and he discusses with you personally that which you've done in your life, that's when all the benefit of that which you've devoted time, energy, effort and resources to being a better human being for God, that's when everything will come cascading down on you. You will benefit from it in the best possible way, says Rabbi Tarifayn. As a person, you should recognize that you are going to withdraw from anything which seems to be a spiritual aspiration. You'll maybe pay lip service to it. You may even spend a bit of time doing it, but your natural inclination is not in that direction. But make sure that you always devote as much time as you can. Be disciplined about who you are and about the fact that you were put here on this earth to be a better spiritual human being, not a better animal human being. And that's what you can do and that's what you can achieve. And that's what Rabbi Tarifayn wants from us. And that's the message he gives us and delivers for us here in Perkei Ovis in these two Mishnahs, Perik Base, Mishnah Tezvav and Mishnah Tezzain. Thank you.